0: doing the film like that. I said, you're splitting a bread and cow. She went, you're not bread cow. <laughs> We're constantly getting um, the faces for each other. So no one's going to remember the name of me, so I better do it now. Okay, We saw this film on the weekend in Australia, but it was actually really brilliant. And this is Ralph, It is indeed. I couldn't not write. I couldn't not write. Alfred Hitchcock, David Lynch, Roman Polanski. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Cinema Australia podcast. My name is Matthew Eales. You're probably wondering why I mentioned those names at the beginning. Well, they're three filmmakers who today's guest, Observance Director Joseph Sims Dennett, is being compared to. Not bad for someone who has only made two films. I won't go into the film's plot because Joseph gives us quite a detailed description early on in our interview. At the beginning of our chat, I spoke with Joseph about starting his career making television commercials, or TVCs as they're also known. I decided to cut that part because it's not something Joseph found a lot of enjoyment in. But it did tell me that young filmmakers must expect to do the hard yards, making things they may not enjoy before they can make the films they want to make. It's uh, pretty good advice. Observance will have its WA premiere at Australian Revelations on Monday 30th of May at uh, The Backlot. Uh, you can visit cinemaaustralia.com.au for ticket details. Anyway, enjoy. For our listeners who are unfamiliar with uh, Observance, can you tell us uh, a bit about the film's plot?
1: Um, observance is about a man who has been hired to spy on a lady and he doesn't know why, he hasn't been told why, he just has to watch her and observe her and record what she's doing and report to, um, his anonymous employer who just calls him once every day. He has to report what she's been doing and then he slowly starts to suspect that he, uh, is being used for this. Um, other purpose, and sort of begins to, to descend into his own madness and paranoia.
0: How did the uh, story come about?
1: Um, back to the, the TVC thing. Um, so this is way back in, in late 2012. Um, I'd been working in TVCs with Josh, and then we both got fired um, around the same time. And Josh had moved into my apartment, um, so it was closest to the city, it was just in Roselle in Sydney. Right. And, um, uh, and we decided that, you know, okay, well, we're unemployed, we'll spend the, the summer um, making a, a film. And so we'd walk around at night, um, and Josh had one of those um, uh, uh, tape recorders, and we'd just walk around, walk all through the streets and stuff, and there was a, there's a place in Lilyfield, which is the suburb over from us, um, it's like a huge abandoned mental hospital called Callum Park, um, and we'd like break into there and you know try and scare ourselves or something. I don't know what we were really doing, <laughs> but I guess it's just like you know, just the madness settling in after a while. But yeah, we would just talk about our fears, um, you know, what made us scared, and we sort of honed in on this idea, uh, idea of. Um, of us feeling powerless against invisible forces controlling our lives, like you know, why do we wake up and brush our teeth and, and go to a job that we hate every day? Um, you know, we both wanted to make films, but we couldn't have found, we couldn't, you know, be further from from achieving what we really wanted to to do with our lives. Um, so yeah, it was, and that's how it sort of fed into that um, idea of a guy. He's been hired to do a job, but hasn't been told why, um, and how not being told why sort of brings about this paranoia um, that almost possesses him and takes control of him. Um, and so that's how it all sort
0: of started. well that's great. Uh, so, so the film is a—it's a fairly low-budget film. And how much was it made for, by the way, or what, what's the what's the ballpark figure?
1: Um, right, so I mean, we shot and finished the film, um been told a thousand times that i'm not supposed to say this but i've said it already but we we shot and made the film for about i think it was about ten eleven thousand dollars wow yeah i mean a lot of it was favors and stuff like we got the alexa very very cheap but we made the film in 11 days
0: yeah so how Um, do you go about uh how do you go about recruiting your cast and crew on uh, on such a low budget
1: it was all just friends really like i i'd worked with um with Lindsay and uh, Lindsay Farris, who plays Parker, the lead character. Um, I'd worked with him on my previous film, um, Bad Behavior. And when I moved to Sydney, I, you know, we were well, quite good friends. We still are very good friends. Um, and we always wanted to sort of, you know, work together on another film because he was sort of stuck in theater world at that point and wanted to move back into into feature films. Um, and then with, um, with the other cast, it was, you know, kind of with the help of him and his agent, Nikki Lewis, um, sort of just reaching out to people and, um, sort of, you know, honing in on these, like, really amazing actors um, here in Sydney, you know, Tom Hiddleston, Benedict Hardy, and, of course, Stephanie King, who yeah. um, was absolutely incredible. She's fantastic. Yeah, Stephanie is just is, is amazing. She's going to be huge. Yeah. And then, um, uh, and then of course, John Jarrett, who I worked with on my previous film as well, and, you know, always love an excuse to to hang out with John so I was just like do you mind coming down for a couple of hours (laughs) and being in my in one scene in my film but um, yeah it was just that's how we sort of did that and a lot of the crewing um, a lot of that the crewing was through Josh because he had gone to he came from I think after after he finished school he did TAFE for a while before he started doing um, TVCs and um, short films and, and all that sort of stuff yeah so we knew a lot of young people that were you know, completely qualified, but was sort of you know wanting to, you know, um, do something bigger, I guess. And we were just like, well, we're mental and want to try and make a movie. Do you want to hang out with us for a couple of weeks? <laughs> and um, we did it through January, so it was January two thousand thirteen. So it was a long time ago. Right,
0: right.
1: Um, so yeah, we shot it. It took us a very long time to finish it, but yeah, it was. Um, a lot of that was just you know because it was January and there wasn't very much stuff going on, Mm. Um, so people kind of had the tie in terms of the industry, um, you know, kind of goes to sleep through that sort of Christmas period in early January, so I managed to grab a few people for for those 11 days, God bless them. (laughs) That's
0: great. So so speaking of this amazing cast, uh, you know, there's some real talent there. Uh, the, the film looks Australian and it certainly feels Australian, but you 've decided mm. to uh, make the characters American. what mm. was the reason behind this?
1: Um, well because i've been getting so much shit for this <laughs> since we've released it <laughs> in Australia the last couple of months. Um, no I mean uh, the reason back then I mean uh, like it was, first of all it was in the in the script um, the the main reason why the lead character um, takes this job, because you'd obviously be very suspicious if you're a, a normal, sane person um, <laughs> taking a job like this. Um, the reason why he needs it is because he, um, he him and he's just lost his uh, young son, mm. so his young son just died. And, um, and he, he had this sort of, um, we don't specify what the illness is, but he had this illness that obviously cost a lot of money. Um, to treat and then he eventually died of it and so he owes all of this money to medical bills Mm. Um, and in um, Australia we well for now we have medicare yes who knows it will be soon but um, maybe it'll be more relevant uh, soon but uh, (laughs) um, yeah we have medicare so there's no real worry for all that sort of stuff Um, and it would make less sense And, and, and that did really come from it needing to I felt like the film um, needed to sort of take place in this anonymous, concrete city. Um, You know, this this capitalist, um, sort of almost dystopian place. Mm. Um, I mean, a lot of um, like European films sort of do this sort of have their stories take place in these anonymous places. But you kind of you kind of get it. it. It says something interesting about Western culture, and so. It was really for that reason that we decided to use the American accents and, and keep it in this neutral space, especially just because you know he's stuck in this you know one location in the apartment, mm. um, you know for the majority of the film, and all these strange things are happening. Um, and for me, it was just like because he wanted it to be in this very brutal place, and you kind of do feel that. But then if you just like, oh, it was in, you know, it's set in Rosal in Sydney, it's just like, well, why is he so miserable? Yeah. There's a lovely cafe around the corner, you know? Yes.
0: Um, I, I imagine the uh, the cast would have uh, enjoyed the opportunity to, to, you know, try this, uh, try these American accents as well. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. Mm. I, I guess they just went and did it. Yeah. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that it was just uh, an interesting way of just delving into those characters because we we'd sort of written a very complex world that this story you know, took place and that was where it all sort of started. And then we decided to tell the story through the perspective of of Parker and Tennille, mm. and um, and obviously it it starts at, you know when he's coming out of the train station while well, she's coming out of the train station he's following her so it just yeah. starts at the moment that they first meet each other mm. and it ends um, uh, when they part ways at yes. the end
0: yeah mm. that's a good way of putting it <laughs> mm. uh, do do you want to make American films in the future is is that your goal or do uh, do you want to stay at home in Australia Um,
1: I'm gonna be making some more films in Australia Mm. Um, uh, I'm still running my plan I'm in making a film in South Australia later on this year it's based on true events Um, very very Australian very relevant um, story Um, and then um, yeah I mean I would love I I guess to me I don't really think about that sort of stuff I mean I'd love to go and spend some time in America because I I really like the country, I'd like to go back to to England and maybe do some projects there as well, but um, I guess it's all, for me, it's just about the films and about the stories and the ideas um, that makes me want to, you know, go mad for two years and, you know, try and and make them, because it's such a painful process (laughs) making a film, so you really have to love the idea.
0: That's right. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah, so I guess that it's kind of that mindset, really, whether... As, as opposed to, like, I, I mean, I, I don't really have a desire to go and make huge films out of L.A. or anything. Mm, mm. I think that would absolutely kill me. Um, but, yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, so critics and uh, and journalists have been quick to compare uh, the film to those of Polanski and, uh, and Alfred Hitchcock. Does, does it sit well with you to be compared to, to filmmakers like that?
1: It is certainly extremely flattering. <laughs> <laughs> um Because, I I mean, we made this film, we didn't really know that anyone was going to see it.
0: Um,
1: We were just like, oh, it was like our own little creative endeavour, you know, for that time. And, you know, we we committed ourselves for a good couple of years. But, you know, it sort of going out to, um, you know, its world premiere last year in Montreal and then London after that. and All that sort of stuff. We really didn't know that people were going to, you know, connect with the idea Um, as much as they have done, which is just incredible. I think that obviously just says a lot about how ideas can really translate with with these sorts of films, because it's a very abstract kind of story. It's something that people don't really see very often. Um, But yeah, those comparisons have just been, you know, obviously, as I said before, very flattering. I mean, it's very strange how people, like, you know, they sometimes almost accuse you of plagiarism, and I'm just like, well... Because I, I, I only saw Repulsion for the first time last year. Right. Um, which was long after the film, after Observance was finished. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that's a that's a very good film, that <laughs> <laughs> Repulsion. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it certainly um, um, has done an awful lot for us, that kind of positioning for the film.
0: That's yeah. great. That's great yeah. to hear. And so who influences you as a director?
1: Um... I mean, with, with, um, like, I'm certainly a fan of, of loads of people. Um, I mean, I love Tarkovsky, um, you know, Von Trier. Um, I guess Ingmar Bergman would probably be my absolute number one favorite. Um, yeah, just those kinds of guys make weird films. <laughs> um, and I, I just really love that kind of storytelling and what you can actually do with cinema in that way, which you, we kind of see less and less these days, which is, a, I think, a bit of a shame, but there's some amazing directors still working. Um, but generally with my projects, like, uh, well, with, with Observer specifically, we did make a, a conscious decision to not allow ourselves to be too influenced by other films. Um, although, I've said this before, but you can kind of have that argument that every film that you watch you know subconsciously um, influences you in some way Oh, definitely Um, but yeah I mean we weren't ever kind of being like this is a this or you know like with this shot or the feeling in this scene I mean it all sort of just we were just really committed to that one specific idea of of feeling powerless um, against invisible forces controlling our lives that was really our mantra there for the whole time making this film.
0: I want to talk about uh, Josh uh, a little bit because he was uh, your collaborator on the film, uh, Josh Zamet. Mm. Uh, what what depth uh, do you have to take yourself to psychologically to, to come up with a story like observance and, and especially working with a collaborator? I guess you have to have kind of a, a bit of an understanding of each other.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a very difficult year for both of us. Um, I mean, the way it sort of works with us is I, I'm a very anxious and crazy person um, and Josh is a very depressed person. Wow. Um, so yeah. it was an interesting kind of mix. And the fact that we both were, were living in the same apartment and made the film in that apartment as well, um, you know, it, it definitely helped. But, it, it like, it was very difficult.
0: You, you, I mean, sorry, sorry, you made the film in the same apartment that you wrote it in?
1: Yeah yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Wow, okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. Sorry. All,
1: all the one the one place that beautiful bloody apartment. <laughs> wow. Um yeah, I mean for us it was um it was almost like therapy. That's why we we threw ourselves so much into it because it was really painful doing it, especially shooting it and feeling like we really fucked everything up and um you know and just like this massive slog afterwards. It took us 2 years to finish the film. Um, you know, because we didn't have any money, and um, you know, it was just, it was just this nightmare. But it really was, you know, exercising our own demons and sort of trying to, d- to to discover something about ourselves. It was this interesting journey. So it was, it is an extremely personal film for us when we when we watch it and how we feel about it. Um, and I think possibly that is why other people are sort of connecting with it. Um, in the way that they have been, I don't know, but um, yeah, so it was very, very difficult for us and, you know, and Josh was was heavily involved as well because, um, you know, we both sort of split the the producing side of things, Mm. you know, there and writing, like Josh was a a huge support for me Um, because it's just, you know, when everyone's kind of screaming at you wanting you know all these different things and you know in that moment where it's so easy to just be like okay that's too difficult let's not let's do something you know let's do the other person's idea instead you know he would be there kind of being like no <laughs> you know no you don't need to compromise now like in the, you know we're all here now let's just go and do what we're what we're supposed to be doing wow. um so it was a, a wonderful partnership in that way and in that we've written a new film as well, and we're going to be working on that together. And Josh is moving into directing as well, and you know, so I do hope to work with Josh for a long, long time.
0: Oh, that's very nice. Uh, you you speak openly about uh, depression and anxiety and and things like that. Uh, have you always been so open about this? Because you know, there's kind of, there's unfortunately, there's still this stigma attached to it in Australia. And uh, yeah, I was just wondering if you if it's something that you do. Uh, Happily speak openly about
1: yeah, well I I do because that's what I I mean in terms of me being a filmmaker and telling stories I mean we kind of tell stories for that purpose Um, You know it's that whole thing of you know life is completely meaningless and random and you know You try it like with like the new film that we're making is based on real-life events and and it's just insane what people do Um, and it, like it and you just can't like in it, it, that the, the level of empathy that you kind of have to hold yourself to is just so difficult sometimes because mm. people do these really irrational things um, but storytelling is um, we tell stories to find meaning in a meaningless world it's kind of what we sort of think about as our point of view anyway and um, that's the reason why we tell stories it's not always just this sort of, you know, on-the-surface entertainment so you can forget about how shit your life is. <laughs> yes. So, you know, the, the main reason why people go to the, you know, the cinema, sadly, like cinema can actually be a much more moving thing. And as I sort of said before, like making a film for us is like therapy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. You know, it's talking about our feelings. And so obviously when I get to speak to, you know, lovely people like you, um, I, you know, you have to be sort of open about all of that because that's the, the, the whole point in... In, uh, in telling a story.
0: That's right. Yeah. So yeah, the film's been a huge success on the festival circuit, uh, especially overseas. What kind of doors has it opened for you so far?
1: Um, lots and lots of doors, actually. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, it's it's sort of um, sort of brought me to the attention of like Screen Australia and that sort of stuff, and mm. I've met some really lovely people there. Um, who are starting to like get excited about some of our projects and ideas and things. Um, you know, similarly with like over in the US, I mean, it was really crazy how it all sort of started because we had a, we premiered at a festival called Fantasia, Mm. um, which is in Montreal. It's a huge genre film festival. Um, and that was last July. And so we had our premiere and I think it was like a couple of days later, it was like, um, you know, like. All these emails, like we you know, yeah, we got a, a review in the Hollywood Reporter and it was really, really positive. And I was like, oh, thank God, <laughs> it was just <laughs> terrifying, but um, and yeah, they really liked it. And then all of a sudden, it was just you know, all of LA was in you know, my inbox, just had like something like 180 something emails in it one morning. Wow, and, I, and so I had to fly to LA. I just like got my credit card out, I was like, oh, let's keep going with it then. Let's flew to LA. <laughs> Had all these um, meetings and stuff, and then went to, to New York and met with you know the Weinstein Company and, um, oh. and some you know really lovely people there. Um, I mean, a lot of it with um, with the whole LA thing gets a bit weird sometimes because you can't have a bad meeting in LA. That kind of <laughs> stereotype is very much true.
0: Right.
1: Um, but yeah, it's all um, all kind of just learning you know where i sit sit in the scheme of things and understanding but you know like i guess it is just these relationships and of all those people that i had meetings with i i can sort of tell that there were people who genuinely did like my film Mm. and they they're that they're good people and they connect with my ideas and they want to help me um and help you know make these ideas into films and so you kind of know who's on side and who can work with and so it's just amazing like going right from all the way back when we got five from our jobs and had nothing sort of realizing oh we've got all these amazing friends who want to help us um you know which is just incredible like there's actually good people in the world so oh, you know nice. we've, we've been really fortunate and then you know going and then you know and having all these meetings and connecting with all these different people who are a part of the the filmmaking process um out of out of America and and Europe has just been incredible. So, yeah, it's all just um, waiting for things to click together and suddenly, you know, you've got a bunch of money and an idea and you can go and shoot something.
0: Good. That's great. Uh, I want to finish with a question that I ask uh, most Australian filmmakers that I speak to. Um, So this is your second uh, feature film. Uh, In your opinion, what's right and what's wrong with the Australian film industry as it currently stands?
1: Um, I think um, culturally, um, sort of like a much bigger conversation, but culturally with um, with Australia is we are struggling a little bit. Um, and this might might be because I grew up in England, and then I came to Australia when I was 16. But I feel like we're struggling to sort of understand who we are um, as a culture. Um, and so that's why we get a lot of filmmakers who, who talk about genre and talk about um, all these sort of like weird ways of referring to a film um and we often mimic um ideas and films from overseas um and i feel like we're we're such a fascinating country um with like the most incredible people living here like why we don't sort of look inside ourselves and tell stories from inside of us um rather than this focus on like Pleasing some other kind of thing or idea of what they already think a film is. It's just like you don't. That's not what filmmaking is. You just need to throw all that away and, and find a story that's unique to you and and really dive in deep and and tell something that's really honest and from inside of you. Mm. Um, and then new things start to pop up and these really you know crazy movies start to just suddenly get out there. I mean, there's movies like um like you know, The Babadook seem to really do that. Yeah. Um it really struck a chord with people and frightened people. And then there's another film that I really love, called Fifty Two Tuesdays,
0: beautiful which I film. thought
1: was just yeah the most beautiful film. Mm. Um, and and those were people who were sort of making films, you know, outside of this, um, this sort of normal system of making films, um, outside of that sort of like Sydney, Melbourne, um, you know, thing that I seem to kind of be stuck in as well. But I feel like you know if if you um, find a group of people where it's a lot more... There's a genuine, like, positive thing. That's what I found down in Adelaide, and I think feel like we're lacking a little in Sydney, um, is when I went down to Adelaide, everyone kind of helps each other. Yeah. You know, like, they all sort of... A lot of these companies, they all work out of Adelaide Studios, and they're always popping in and talking to each other, and it's just really nice. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, a positive feeling there, whereas... I feel like here sometimes, and perhaps other people feel like in their own filmmaking communities that people are a little bit, you know, like there's a, there's this amount of money that's getting dished out of the, the government, you know, that um, that everyone sort of feels entitled to. Yeah. Um, and, and I sort of admit that I felt like I, that, you know, that was, I felt that way as well, and it makes you feel very angry, um, when really you just need to be like, you don't need a, a million dollars to make a film, like I'm making a movie second half of this year that i mentioned before and that's going to have like a bunch of money but it's actually going to be so much more difficult to make than observance was (laughs) because observance i i didn't have to please any investors i could just do whatever the fuck i wanted it was amazing um it was just hard because it took such a long time um but you know at least it was you know this stronger commitment um but yeah so i guess um Hopefully that answers your, your question. It does, that's great. In
0: some way. <laughs> that's great, thank you very much. Um, all right, Joseph. well, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it, and uh, congratulations on the film.